Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. You know, I listen to Bickley and Murata. Terrific show, by the way. I really enjoy it. Bickley and Murata mornings from 6 to 10. Bickley and Murata. It's the greatest show on earth. Bickley and Murata. Good morning and welcome. Dan Bickley. Sportsman. Sports. Vince Murata. It's a power-packed morning zoo. Are you kidding me? Bickley and Murata. Bickley and Murata. I love this show. This is the greatest show in the history of radio. It's the greatest radio show ever. Bickley and Murata. I hate everything about this show. This is the worst show in the world. And a marvelous Monday to all you Valley sports fans. Wake up, everybody. It is not a victory Monday, but what a weekend in sports. The NFL on Saturday and Sunday featured the biggest comeback ever, one of the wildest endings imaginable involving Chandler Jones, three overtime games, two 17-point comebacks. That's a handful of stuff. And, and... Quite possibly one of the best soccer matches anyone has ever seen. I can't say with any uh, confidence, Bick, that it was the greatest match of all time. But judging from the people on social media who watch a lot of soccer who yeah. say it was the greatest match of all time, I bow to you. It will. It, 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 as somebody who watched every minute of that match later in the day, yeah. it was incredible from the 75th minute on. Yeah, that's. Uh, I did not watch it from the beginning. Yeah, it was. I, uh, it was I, insane. I flipped it on and saw. It was insane. The extra time in the yeah. PKs, man. Yeah. Crazy stuff. Yeah, it was insane. So, how was your weekend, man? Good. It was not bad. Not bad. Okay. Did it, you eat those Oreos yet? No. What? I did not. Saving them for a rainy day. Yeah. Thanks for um, a fabulous listener. Yeah, I, need a, I need a better brand because <laughs> you got Oreos. Sarah got. Cheese its Yeah. What was your special item, Dan, in that bag? Did you- uh, beef jerky. Beef jerky? I got a, <laughs> a bruised pear. <laughs> I mean, I appreciate that I have the What'd hand you get fruit. kicked? <laughs> oh, it's just like... You sound like a, a bruised pear. Are you a, okay? It was a very nice thought. But, yeah. Oh, somebody's going to tweet me about that joke. Uh, <laughs> no, we have um, two anonymous listeners on the same day. The nice dropped off holiday stuff for us. Yeah, yes, people. Can we make that three? Now <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, right. Do I greedy, hear four? But now get greedy. Uh, Joking. Creativity, no, like poetry, and yeah, it's like very, very thoughtful, very sweet. We love our listeners. Yes, we do. You guys are the best. Okay. Nobody else got anything to say. Start the show, no. Jared. Happy Hanukkah. <laughs> Splash. Splash. The stories making waves in the sports world. The Splash. Animal. Animal coming. Animal coming. The Splash. Brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com. Yeah, the Cardinals' nightmarish season continued in Denver with a 24-15 loss to the Broncos. Matt Prater connected on three field goals to give the Cardinals a 9-3 lead midway through the third quarter. The Broncos responded with three touchdowns, uh, getting runs by Marlon Mack and Latavius Murray and a Brett Rippon to Eric Tomlinson touchdown pass. James Conner 
finally got into the end zone for the Cardinals, but they could not get any closer. They lose four straight losses. They're now 4-10 and ten and officially, finally, eliminated from the playoff picture. Colt McCoy left the game with a concussion in the third quarter. Cardinals remain winless all-time in Denver, now 0-5, and, and next up a Christmas Day game against Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at State Farm Stadium Sunday. Yeah, the game was uh, every bit as boring as I feared it was going yes. to be. Yes. And and here we are now with a 10-loss football team, three games remaining, and I never thought this was humanly possible, but this might go down as the worst season ever in Arizona, in Cardinals history. I had the same feeling. After that game and all the reality and all of this, you know, tangential stuff, and I guess it's not even tangential, it's all very important to the organization, but this might be the worst single year. I agree with you. Uh, and I I sat through some crap when they first moved to town, let me tell you. Oh, you and me both, man. <laughs> yeah. You and me both. Uh, the morning started Sunday with a report from CBS Sports' Jonathan Jones, who said that the Cardinals are expected to move on from general manager Steve Keim, who is currently on indefinite leave for health reasons. Jones also reported that Adrian Wilson and Quentin Harris are both strong internal candidates to take over the job. Also on Sunday, Ian Rappaport of NFL Network said that Kyler Murray suffered meniscus damage in addition to tearing his ACL. Adam Schefter, on the other hand, of ESPN reported that Murray's ACL tear was clean and he has a real chance to be back for week one of 2023. So already conflicting reports on that before he's even, he had, the surgery. even had surgery yet. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that a little bit ridiculous? It is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the uh, next opponent for the Cardinals, they jumped out to a 17 nothing lead, but fell to the Cincinnati Bengals 34-23 to fall to 6-8 and on the season, yet still hold a one-game lead over Carolina. Carolina, Atlanta, and New Orleans in the uh, NFC South. They're all 5-9. and nine. Bick kind of mentioned some of this stuff, but elsewhere in Week 15, it was pretty remarkable. Saturday, we saw a new league record comeback. The Minnesota Vikings came back from a 33-0 halftime deficit to beat the Indianapolis Colts 39-36 in overtime. A team quarterbacked by Matt Ryan, who just has, wow, a real penchant for being the quarterback sure of teams to give up big leads, huh? Biggest lead ever in a Super Bowl, biggest yeah. lead ever in a regular season game. Yep. Great showdown in Buffalo Saturday night with the Bills getting by Miami 32-29 to move to 11-3. Kansas City struggled, needed overtime on the road in Houston to beat the Texans 30-24. Both the Chiefs and Bills atop the AFC at 11-3. Jacksonville shocked Dallas 40-34, winning on a Rayshon Jenkins interception in overtime. Uh, the Eagles moved to 13-1 with a hard-fought win over the Bears. Giants got a lot of help from the officials late in holding off the Commanders 20-12. They moved to 8-5-1. and one. Uh, Week 15 wraps up tonight at Lambeau Field with the Packers hosting the L.A. Rams in a matchup of two of the more disappointing teams of the season. Kickoff is at 6-15. We got basketball action tonight as well. The Phoenix Suns hosting the Los Angeles Lakers at Footprint Center, but Devin Booker might not get the chance to follow up on his 58-point masterpiece Saturday night against New Orleans. He's on the injury report with groin soreness listed as questionable. DeAndre Ayton also questionable. Jock Landale out with concussion symptoms. For the Lakers, Anthony Davis out at least a month with a right foot injury suffered Friday night in a win over Denver, but give credit. He had played four straight games. So that was, yeah. he was about due. Yeah, and and what a performance from Devin Booker on Saturday, and man, was that did that come at a good time? Because had he not gone nuclear, who knows how that game might have ended up, and so props to D-Book for that. 
It was remarkable in every single way because it looked like it felt, again, it was trending towards one of those uh-huh. can't-do-anything-right uh-huh. games, just chucking up three-pointers, and Devin Booker kept them in the game, and man, that was what a performance. Yep. Uh, Lakers come in 13-16 and 16 and a win off over Washington last night. Tip-off 7 o'clock. Pre-game coverage starts at 6.30 on the Arizona Sports app and 98.7. Uh, the World Cup Final, one of the all-time great matches ever, and it's Argentina on top of the world for the next four years as they took down defending champion France in penalty kicks. The game was tied 3-3 heading into PKs with five of the goals tallied by two of the game's biggest stars. Kylian Mbappe of uh, France scored three times. Lionel Messi of Argentina had two, but also gets the last laugh, his first World Cup championship of his brilliant career and the first title for Argentina since 1986. Yeah, and it's first of all, and so props to Lionel Messi for for getting his just due in this tournament. Uh, He truly is a singular talent, but this Argentina goalkeeper, if you've watched this, it, it, penalty kicks with him. He's about the most aggravating, annoying guy ever, and it works. He he's basically, like, if if Jose Alvarado was a soccer goalie, yeah, good way it, it would be him. Good way of putting it. Yeah, he's kicking the ball away, leering, leering. doing jumping jacks, <laughs> and he gets guys it out works. of their game. Yeah. It does. It, it really does. You don't think those French kickers, not named Mbappe, were a little freaked out? Yes, they, they yes. looked freaked out by it's, that moment. It, it's. I saw it a couple times. Times during the tournament, and it's it's quite something. Yeah. ASU basketball blew out San Diego 91-67 at Desert Financial Arena. Devils led by seven at the half, but outscored the Toreros 50-33 in the second half. Desmond Cambridge Jr. led the way with 23 points. Warren Washington had 18. ASU now 11-1. Really good chance to break into the AP Top 25 when it's released later today. ASU travels to San Francisco on Wednesday. Big win for Arizona on Saturday. They took down Tennessee in Tucson, so look for another ascension for the Wildcats in those AP rankings as well. And in baseball, Justin Turner, who uh, had been rumored the Diamondbacks might have had interest in bringing in the uh, veteran. He's Mm -hmm. signing a two-year $22 million deal with the Red Sox, and I'm cool with it. Justin Turner fits that uh, that mold of oh yeah guy, he does a guy who killed the Diamondbacks for nine years and would come here and hit about one twenty five. If you look at the if you look at the Major League Baseball offseason by team by team the list you saw that graphic too? I did yeah it's it's really staggering <laughs> the group of teams that are the have nots and the Diamondbacks are right there with them it's it's crazy there's six teams that have spent less than the Diamondbacks this offseason right including the Brewers and Marlins. Who have spent zero. Yeah, how about that? <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. What a message to yeah. send to your fan base. Oh, I know. Huh? It's just insane. There you go. There is your splash for Monday, December 19th. Coming up next. We've done this before. We'll do it again. We'll give you our overarching thoughts on another Cardinals loss. This one to the Broncos. That's straight ahead on this Big Red Monday. It's Bickley and Murata mornings on Arizona Sports, the local sports league. Love you, bro. Love you. Big Red Monday and Bigley and Murata mornings on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Tough loss, obviously. Thought our guys played hard. Had a bunch to overcome. Uh, the turnovers, once again, were tough. Um, you know, down to those three DBs. I thought they, they battled just uh, at times. Uh, just got challenging with some of the calls. And then, obviously, you can't turn the ball over on your side of the 53 times and expect to win. It's Cliff Kingsbury, head coach of the Cardinals, on another loss. They fall to 4-10. and 10. They are officially eliminated 
which seems crazy that they were just officially eliminated yesterday with the way the season has fell. Right? Yeah, there. how about it? 24-15, they lose to the Denver Broncos game that, uh, Bick, you mentioned it early. It was every bit as boring. It was every bit of uh, zombie-ish, to use your phrase, as we expected going in. And then it was the Denver Broncos and their embattled head coach, Nathaniel Hackett, who falling behind 9-3 and taking advantage of some turnovers, said, what we are doing is not working. Let's change what we're doing. And guess what? That yeah. worked. They right. ran the ball down the throats of the Cardinal defense in the second half. Well, it sure took them long enough. I think it was after the seventh sack of the game from the Cardinals. <laughs> seventh, right? And, and then suddenly, like, okay, you know what? Let's just stop with that. And so they gave the ball to Marlon Mack. They gave the ball to Latavius Murray, and the game changed just like that. Yeah, I, I, I saw I saw bits and pieces of what I perceived to be zombie football. I didn't see a lot of tryhard from Hollywood Brown. A couple of passes he didn't really go up to try to get. The throw first throw of the game from from uh, Colt McCoy to DeAndre Hopkins. Right. I don't know if he lost it in the sun, but right. it, was, it was a strange look. It was a, a strange, strange look. looking play. Yeah, yesterday. and and then having to kind of point like to the sun on the field after he missed it, it was just, yeah, it was a weird looking day offensively. Colt McCoy getting injured on a, on a, a weird bootleg play that that brought in Trace McSorley and, and Trace McSorley got a quick lesson in, in the difference between preseason football yes. and regular yes. season football. I had that right? same that same thought was uh-huh. again another reminder to me. Don't pay attention to anything that happens no. in the preseason football. No, game. no, no, no. It's, yeah, I think we've learned that repeatedly over the course of time. Uh, I thought this was a monstrous game from J.J. Watt, and and it just dawned on me watching this that that J.J. Watt clearly is in is in contract mode right now to get an, uh, probably one last deal. I'm curious what his thoughts are going to be about wanting to come back here and whether or not the Cardinals um, should even pay him with all the needs that they do have, uh, but that's something we'll get into a little bit later. For now, you've got a 10-loss football team with three games remaining, and the Cardinals could finish 4-13, and which is a really, really bad season. How about that? How about that? Duh! Uh, I mean, do you see them? The Buccaneers are reeling. The Falcons stink. I don't see them winning either one of those games. No, I I don't see them winning the Buccaneers game because the Buccaneers are still going to win that division, and there are so, in my opinion. So I I don't think that I think they're going to to gather themselves a little bit here. I think it'd be very very embarrassing for Tom Brady to go into the playoffs with a losing record. It would be. Yeah. It's very probable. And, and, yeah, the Falcons aren't very good, but that game's in Atlanta. The Cardinals have never really fared there. We don't know uh, Colt McCoy's status going forward. And, and again, I, I thought I saw little signs, not not necessarily on defense, because I thought the defense, again, to their credit, played very hard. And I think maybe that was because this game was very meaningful to Vance Joseph going back to Denver. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's it's... But again, you know, it's like I, I I spent basically I was out and about pretty much all weekend, and and the amount of apathy that is set in around this football team, it's quite something. And and look, and, and I'll tell you what that, that report that surfaced yesterday morning that that to me was at least a a lightning bolt of hope, if you will, for the organization, and and, and not to speak ill of a man who is off on medical leave right now, but but the fact of the matter is this fan base is just. Clamoring for change from the top down, and like an industrial-sized hose coming in to wash down the walls. And let's just get it out there. I mean, the report from Jonathan Jones of CBS Sports said they're likely to move on from Steve Kime. 
uh, but that Adrian Wilson and Quentin Harris are both internal candidates. With all due yeah. respect to those gentlemen who have worked their way through up the, yeah. this front office, sorry. So this is bad enough to where the change needs to be exactly. absolutely complete. Exactly. And you need to bring in somebody with some experience. Yes. You, you can't just give somebody a shot. Um, a, a first-time shot just because they're an in-house candidate. And that's that's the next level here for Michael Bidwell to do, to, to get out of his comfort zone and go hire somebody from the outside. Don't hire, don't pro, promote somebody from the inside because you're going to get the same culture. And and so to me, I, I think that's big. Somebody tweeted out yesterday that the Cardinals have not hired a general manager from the outside in almost 30 years. Was it 94 the last time? Oof. Who was it at, at that is that at that point? I don't know. You have to Pre-dates. go. Kime, Rod Graves, mm-hmm. Bob Ferguson. Mm-hmm. I think it was Bob Ferguson. It was after it was after Buddy Ryan. So Bob Ferguson got the job after Buddy Ryan. Okay, long so, time. Yeah. So it's it's been a been a been a no, bit. Actually, it was Buddy Ryan was the last one. Maybe the that's outside. what it would Bob have been. Ferguson was internal. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's right. That's right. So Buddy Ryan would have been the last guy. And that's, you know what, and so that to me should should tell you something. And Dennis Green and Buddy Ryan are the last two coaches they hired that had any experience as a head coach anywhere else in the NFL. Well, there's a report out there that Michael Bidwell's been been doing a lot of talking with people in the Accelerator program, the NFL's Accelerator program, which takes minority candidates mm-hmm. and kind of gets, gets them out and about and gets them in interview situations. So that's a good sign because I, I think that, that if, if the one thing that the Cardinals cannot afford to do is is try this. Well, we're going to run it back one more time. We, you know, because there was a report that was <laughs> surfaced this weekend that scared the heck out of a lot of Cardinal fans, and that was a report that during an NFL meeting, owners were reminded how collectively how much money they have wasted buying out failed head coaches. Oh, <laughs> oh. right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so so to me this is um this is just something where I I think you said it last week the end of the season can't get here soon enough and oh. I think I think that vibe came off the football team yesterday. Yeah, I wrote bit. it in a rapid reaction yesterday and there wasn't a lot to elaborate on but I think everybody at this point is just rooting for the calendar. Yeah. Just time go fast, please. As brutal as the last couple seasons have been, the end of the seasons, we haven't felt this. The apathy, the meaning, totally meaningless games. Like the ends of the last two seasons were, were painful and chokes yeah. and brutal, but at least each game meant something. Yeah, and even in in Cliff Kingsbury's first year as head coach, yeah, that was a five win team that did not play well down the stretch, but it was an improvement from the previous year, as minimal as it was. But you still had optimism because you had a young quarterback. Now there's uncertainty about the quarterback position because of these conflicting reports on the condition of Kyler Murray's knee. Mm-hmm. Man, it is just an absolute mess right And that's now. the other thing also is that as bad and mediocre as the first half of this year was, once again, all the stats are going to favor the collapse at the end of the year because they're not winning any games now. Like the second half is somehow going to be even worse than the first half again. Yeah, that's true. And those uh, post-November numbers for Cliff Kingsbury, Kingsbury on his uh, coaching ledger are, mm-hmm. are not going to look pretty. Um, here's here's more from Cliff Kingsbury after the game. Everybody's competitive, so um, we hate you know losing and, and uh, 
sometimes you're, you're trying harder and it seems to be getting worse and so that's never never easy but like I said uh, it's a great group great staff everybody stuck together and have worked really hard to try and try and ride it we just have to find a way uh, again that's I mean uh, that's just filed under coach speak at this point oh yeah I mean yeah, of do I doubt that there's guys on this team that they're trying hard they're trying to win games they're just not equipped to win games yeah. whether it's from their personnel deficiencies or their coaching deficiencies. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were some there were some coaching decisions yesterday that, again, I found to be completely head-scratching. And one of them ended up getting your quarterback in the concussion protocol. How about punting on fourth and one? Like they haven't done all year. Yeah. Like they haven't done all year when, the, when there's nothing left to win it. The, the, uh, yeah, I... <laughs> The two-point conversion decision? Yeah, how about that one? Yeah, there's there's a lot of that wackiness. So again, I'm just I, I'm just I'm hopeful that that Michael Bidwell has seen enough and realizes that this thing is grounded. Yep, that this thing is kind of yeah, you it's can grounded. Te- text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at six twenty six twenty right now. I'm not sure how we did it, but Jarrett found highlights to relive from yesterday's yeah. game on both sides. We'll do it. Big Red Reacts next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata Mornings. Big Red Reacts. Reaction to yesterday's Cardinals game. Brought to you by Wicopa Casino Resort, where world-class action meets Ford Diamond Splendor. Oh, the Denver Broncos would get first crack on offense, and they'd get the first points on the board. Took over at their own 25-yard line. Ten plays, 41 yards, and uh, Brandon McManus capped things off to put the Broncos on the board. 3-0 with a 52-yard field goal. Cardinals went three and out on their first possession. Of note, it was one of eight possessions they had on Sunday that were three plays or less. Ooh. Eight. I did not know that stuff. Uh, so uh, we fast forward a little bit. Cardinals uh, with possession of the football. They took over at their own 12-yard line, facing a third and five at their own 27-yard line. The first of a few turnovers for the Cardinals offense. Two and a half to go. Back to throw, seven-step deep drop. McCoy's throw deep over the middle, picked off at the 40-yard line, running it back to the 35. Near side of the 30 is Simmons, and out of bounds inside the 30 at the 27. Justin Simmons with the interception on a high throw by Colt McCoy. Yeah, high throw intended for Hollywood Brown. Sailed over his head. Uh, it was also really poor camera coverage by the Fox, <laughs> the Fox team. I was like, what, what happened? They... Why is Justin Simmons running with the football? And then we saw the replay. Uh, the Broncos would take over deep in Cardinals territory at the 24-yard line. Couldn't do anything when the football settled for a 38-yard field goal attempt from Brandon McManus. He missed it wide right. Cardinals dodge a bullet. Into the second quarter we would go. Cardinals finally got on the board on a 45-yard field goal from Matt Prater capping an 11-play 45-yard drive. 3-3 at that point. And then here was the next possessions. All right, Bick? All right. Denver, three and out. Cardinals, three and out. Denver, three and out. Cardinals, three and out. Denver, a first down on their first down play, and then three and out and a punt. Cardinals follow that with, guess what? A three and out. Uh, <laughs> later on in the uh, second quarter, getting towards halftime, J.J. Uh, Watt, who had a monster first half, got to Brett Rippon for a third time creating a turnover. Snap, back to throw Rippon. And the ball comes out as he's hit. It flutters, and J. Sanders has a hold of it. They're going to say it's a fumble recovered by Sanders. It'll be Cardinal ball at midfield with 34 seconds to go in the half. 
Yeah, yeah uh, another turnover there. J.J. Watt was just a monster. He looked like vintage J.J. Watt. Did. That was his third sack of the game. So the Cardinals take over with 38 seconds to go at their own 49-yard line. They would get into field goal range, and uh, Matt Prater would connect from 50 yards right before the half and giving the Cardinals a 6-3 lead. Uh, early in the third quarter, one of those puzzling coaching decisions on a play call, third and one at the 34-yard line, their own 34-yard line for the Cardinals. Colt McCoy running to get the first down with terrible results. Takes the snap, quarterback run to the right. McCoy puts his head down, dives, and has the first down. I think, and Colt McCoy just landed flat on his back. Oh, no. Kelvin Beecham is down two. I think Colt may have collided with Beecham as he dove. And remember, Colt, last week they were looking at his head. Colt McCoy got the first down, but they would run the card out onto the field. Now, he didn't take the card. He walked off under his own uh, power. But concussion, he did not return. Kelvin Beecham would return. So Trace McSorley comes in uh, and actually led the Cardinals on a disjointed drive that took 38, uh, covered 38 yards on 11 plays, but ended in a Matt Prater 55-yard field goal. 9-3 Cardinals at that point. And that seemed to be a wake-up call for the Broncos offense in the first play from scrimmage. Latavius Murray ripped off a 35-yard run. Later in the drive, Marlon Mack finding pay dirt for the first touchdown of the game. Griffin takes the snap. Give to Mack. Running right. Mack stiff-arming and into the end zone for the touchdown. The game is tied. And a point after away from taking the lead here midway through the third. Yeah, McManus would hit the extra point 10-9 at that point. Um, Cardinals would do nothing on their next possession. In fact, uh, went backwards. And had to punt three and out there. Broncos take over at their own 34-yard line. They would get close to the Cardinals' red zone, but Buda Baker created some havoc. And now back to pass goes Rippin. Looking deep, airing it out right side. Underthrown and picked off on the goal line. Intercepted on the goal line by Buda Baker and returned out to the four. Yeah, I think Rippon thought he had a free play there because J.J. Uh, Watt had moved on the line but didn't enter the neutral zone, and Rippon just kind of flung it into double coverage, and Baker made a great play. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the Cardinals, again, did nothing, three and out. Punted back to Denver into the fourth quarter we would go. Good field position to start for the Broncos at their own 44-yard line. They just relied on that ground game, and Latavius Murray capped it off. Snap to Rippon, quick pitch. Running left is Murray to the five, and dies for the end zone touchdown. Latavius Murray, over 100 yards on the day, his first score of the day, and it's 16-9 Broncos with the extra point coming. Yeah, 17-9 at that point. Uh, Cardinals kind of put into throw-first mode, and that was not a good strategy with Trace McSorley, no. and uh, that led to another interception. Four receivers, two right, two left. Shotgun for McSorley, third and eight on the Arizona 27. Snap to McSorley, five steps straight, drop, still backpedal fires an interception on the far side right to Simmons running it back to the 20 to the 15 and down to the 10 yard line yeah the Broncos took over deep in Cardinals territory didn't take them long to score again rip into Tomlinson ripping under center takes play action waits throws right side wide open is Tomlinson for the touchdown the tight end sneaking out and nobody covering him and it's 23 to 9 
20 unanswered points by Denver and still an extra point. Yeah, McManus tacked on the extra point 24-9. Cardinals would uh, make it close. Their best drive, their only good drive of the game. Seven plays, 78 yards, capped off by James Conner. Two receivers right snap to McSorley. Hands it off and into the end zone is Conner for the touchdown. Okay, 6-0-1 to go. 24-15. Do you go for the two first so you know what you're facing in terms of possessions? It looks like that's what the Cardinals are going to do here. Um... They did do that. Yeah. Uh, and here's the way it sounded. Cardinals going for two. Empty set. Shotgun snap McSorley. Looking to throw. Fade. Left side of the end zone. Incomplete. Will they throw a flag? They will not. DeAndre Hopkins, the intended receiver, and Kareem Jackson was all over him. Yeah, there was obvious pass interference. Yes. It was not flagged. But the decision to go for two there is absolutely mind-boggling. Yeah, I, I'm not a fan of that. I, I, I think whenever you get a chance to, to make it a one-possession game, that's what you do. Yes. You, you, make it an eight-point game and then deal later. Kick that can down the road, if you will. There was I, six I, minutes left, and the Cardinals had yeah. done next to nothing on yes. offense. And yes. that necessitated two scoring drives. Right. It's just bad right. strategy. Yeah, and, and it, it, it hurt them very badly after that because they just they there was just there was no margin for error and they they just couldn't they didn't have the time to, to score twice. Broncos took over with six minutes to go. They'd have to punt it away. Cardinals took over with a minute forty eight again down nine uh, and uh, yeah another interception. Sorely back to pass lobs it deep left side intercepted at the thirty yard line by Sertan. He takes a seat at the thirty seven. The Cardinals are going to lose their tenth game of the season. A year after winning double-digit games. That's an amazing point really punctuated is. by Dave Pash right there. An 11-win team could finish with four wins the next year. Yeah. Whew. Doesn't seem possible, right? I think my range at the beginning of the year was 7-9 to nine because I was wholly uninspired with what happened in the offseason. But four? To be 10-2 and two after 12 weeks last year and to be 4-10 and 10 now, that is unbelievable. That's just crazy. And that's Vince, off of a cliff. Indeed. I remember your seven-win prediction feeling grim back yeah. then. It was like, oh, seven? Mm-hmm. Man! Man! I mean, that sounds pretty they good. still have a chance Yeah, seven, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do they, that's though? Fair. Yeah. Do they? Yeah. Mathematically, they have a chance because they will play three more games. They've not been mathematically eliminated from seven wins. I mean, to quote the great Rodney Dangerfield from the movie Back to School, four? <laughs> Unbelievable. There you go. There's big uh, red reacts. Cardinals lose to the Broncos. 24-15. to We'll move away from the Cardinals because, man, some amazing stuff happened in the NFL over the weekend, and you won't believe it if you haven't heard it. We'll give it to you next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings on this big red Monday live from the Akchin Community Studios here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Big Red Monday and Bigley and Murata mornings on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Mac Jones hands it off on a draw to Ramondre Stevenson. Breaks out of a tackle at the 50. Has the 45. Breaks away from another tackle. Pitches it backwards. And now Jacoby Myers spinning around. He throws it to Chandler Jones in midfield. And a step forward. Chandler Jones racing towards the end zone. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! 
I just saw. Again! I can't believe what I just saw. This is unbelievable. I've got the gun. <laughs> wow! On the first night of Hanukkah, it's a miracle in Las Vegas. That's Jason Horowitz and Lincoln Kennedy on the Las Vegas Raiders yeah. Compass Media Network. One of the most unbelievable final games. It was funny. Um, my uh, my my sister who lives in Massachusetts has kind of become a de facto Patriots fan. Her birthday was Saturday. Uh, so she had texted me, and I texted her back, how was your birthday? She's like, it was good, but I just watched the Patriots lose on the dumbest play ever. And I'm like, oh, she doesn't know that much about sports. What's she talking about? Mm-hmm. And then I saw the play. And then you went, that's the dumbest play I've ever that's seen in my life. That's the dumbest play I've ever seen. Can I play the Patriots radio call oh, on please the final do. play? Please do. When the Finns ran the hook and lateral to beat the Patriots several years ago. Now on a third and ten, three seconds left. Jones will give it to Stevenson. He started right. He runs it up the middle. Hit by Chandler. Jones slips and hit across the 45 with a stiff arm. Off a tackle at the 40. He lost the football. And Jacoby Myers picks it up. He circles back and he throws it across the field. Oh my Jones God. is picked up by Chandler Jones. He breaks away to the 30. He runs to the 20. He runs to the 10. He runs to the end zone. Unreal. Touchdown. Good night. This might be one of the dumbest teams I've ever seen. <laughs> Scott Zolak with the punctuation. Yeah. Did you say dumbest teams he I've did. ever seen? Yeah, he oh, did. Boy. Listen, there, there have been people, some people, who have suggested that Bill Belichick might be in a little bit of uh, shaky ground. After this season, after the debacle about who is your offensive coordinator, and and a lot of people have laughed that off. Like, come on, we're talking about the greatest coach in the history of the sport. What went down yesterday in Vegas? This is this has got to be probably the most embarrassing thing Bill Belichick has ever endured. It's got to be up there because it, again, that's for for his team to do something that like that. Now, Jacoby Myers after the game was he, he was incredibly accountable. He was incredibly embarrassed himself for throwing that pass backwards. I don't know what clicked in his brain that made him start running backwards and then throw the ball like they were in a fire drill, d- desperate situation. Like they were losing. Like they were losing. Yeah, there was, I mean, they were guaranteed overtime if he just goes to the turf. That's it. Stevenson started the whole thing by lateral. What Myers did was absolutely inexplicable. And you know who's probably sending an edible arrangement to Jacoby Myers' house this morning is Leon Lett. Because Leon <laughs> Lett is now off the hook as the dumbest football player that's ever lived. With the mistakes yeah, that he yeah. made in the Super Bowl right. in that game on yeah. Thanksgiving Dolphins, against yeah. uh, uh, the snow. Dolphins. Bill Belichick, after the game, did you specifically tell your team not to lateral? Was there any coaching point after you had called the draw to say if you know the play's over? Just fall down or go out of bounds. Uh, yeah. Well, obviously, that would have been better than the result. <laughs> was that said? Yeah, look, we've talked about situational football. We talk about it every week. But we obviously we've got to do a better job playing situational football and not making critical mistakes in the game. Um, so let's start at the, the beginning. Yeah. Bill Belichick. Somebody, Matt Patricia, calls the draw play. Uh-huh. Okay, that's basically a white flag, right? Yeah. We're going overtime. Yeah. Stevenson made it interesting by getting down to about the 35-yard line. Why did they not call a Hail Mary? Bill Belichick said after the game, we couldn't throw it that far. You can't throw it was 56 it yards. You can't throw it that far. too far from the throw. 56 yards. I know. Even if you throw a pick there, Matt Jones can throw a football 56 yards. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so... Now, we've, we've talked about the decisions to lateral. 
Um, Chandler Jones is the hero of this play. Oh, he needed a moment. But Chandler Jones also was the beneficiary of an absolute lack of effort. He, oh, yeah. He missed a tackle on Stevenson at the 45-yard line, stayed on the ground for several seconds, then finally got up and loitered, was 15 yards behind the play. <laughs> he was in the perfect place at the perfect, the perfect time. Place, if somebody was going to make the most boneheaded decision in the history of the NFL, he was in the perfect place. Yeah. Because he, Myers is throwing it back to a quarterback who's probably in the lower third in terms of quarterback speed. He can't throw the ball forward again. There's nobody behind him. Yeah. So basically the play is Mac Jones is going to outrun everybody 70 yards to the end zone. Which, well, it was just asinine. And and I don't know what triggered, again, in Jacoby Myers' brain that made him do what he did. But the fact that it happened to a Bill Belichick coach team is quite jarring in a season now. Like I said, that is that has had a lot of consternation about what Bill has done with that coaching staff. And yes. and the, the, the inference that... We, we, that we don't need a real offensive coordinator. These guys are football coaches. I can put whoever I want, wherever I want, and we're going to be just fine because I'm Bill Belichick. And and certainly he deserves uh, uh, some blind faith, but man, man, that, that scene yesterday, that is about the most amazing ending and the most unlikely ending and the most unlikely recipient of that ending that you can imagine. And then during the return, Chandler Jones throws one of the most hellacious... Stiff arms on Mac Jones. Jones on Jones Trumped Prime. Trumped him. Mac Jones on not tackling Chandler Jones. Yeah, I got to tackle the guy. And it's on me and it's my fault. Because if we tackle him, then, or I tackle him, then we play for overtime. So it's on me. Um, got to make that um, not good enough by me. So is what it is. And just got to tackle him and play for overtime. So you know what? I respect Mac Jones taking some accountability there. But mm-hmm. I want to pull a uh, Robin Williams from Goodwill Hunting and give him a hug and just repeatedly say it's not your fault it's not your fault it's not your fault yeah Sean what are you doing here <laughs> yeah no you're right you're absolutely right it, it's it's really not and it's it, it's painful to hear everyone trying to take accountability for something like that that was just I, <laughs> imagine this too Bick go back uh-huh. to early in the season we saw the Cardinals with a miraculous end to that game in Vegas to mm-hmm. beat the Raiders that ended on a fumble recovery and return by Byron Murphy. That's the second most amazing finish that has happened at Allegiant Stadium this year. That's a great year. point. Think about Raiders season ticket holders. If nothing else, your team hasn't been boring. Yeah. <laughs> no, win or lose. That's <laughs> true. They are the perfect team for Las Vegas. Yeah. That's for sure. They sure seem Every to be. Every game is a wild gambling yeah. roller coaster. Josh McDaniels, the head coach of the Raiders, on what he was thinking during the final play. Don't get tackled by the quarterback. I mean, literally, I just was thinking I couldn't. I, you know, it was obviously very... Um, I don't know what the word would be, but I was, I was, you know, once, once Ramondre pitched the ball to Jacoby, you know, I, I figured we'd probably just tackle whoever had it, and then that would, that would be it. We go to overtime, and then when he lateraled the ball, um, I had no idea. You know, it didn't seem like a lateral play to me. You know what I mean? When they handed the ball off to the back, so um, when they handed it to the back, um, I thought, you know, okay, tackle him, go to overtime, and then when I saw the ball up in the air, and then I saw Chandler underneath it, I'm thinking, oh my God, we might we might have a chance at this. And then when he caught it, I just I saw Mac was back there and um, just hoping that he could avoid, you know, whatever effort that Mac had to tackle him. And then 
hopefully he had enough juice left in his body to get to the end zone. Surprise McDaniels didn't say, I was kind of torn during the play because I think I might be coaching there again next year. <laughs> he probably saved his job with might some have. crazy, wacky wins yeah. this year. Yeah. And that was, uh, and like I said, it's funny because you're right. Chandler Jones was kind of dogging it. Yeah. And, and for him to be rewarded and have a moment after being such a bust. He's been an absolute year. free agent oh, bust. Yeah, and he completely. had probably one of his better games with two tackles yesterday, but he had a couple pass breakups and, and that play. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that ending, too, for as wild as it was, washes away, and the NFL's probably very happy about this. That tying touchdown by the Raiders was a very controversial call. In fact, they blew that call. Keelan Cole was out of bounds. That should not have counted. You want to talk about just a terrible, painful loss for the Patriots who are still in the thick of the playoff race? Yep. Man, that was just awful. It was. And that Incredible. was one of the one of the definitions of, of the weekend in, in the NFL, in my opinion, too, Bick, was some terrible officiating. There was a lot of complaining about the officiating in the Indianapolis-Minnesota game. Not that it mattered that much in Denver. I thought the officiating from Jerome Boger and his crew between the Cardinals and Broncos He's was absolutely atrocious. And then you had that incident in, in, in Vegas. You had mm-hmm. the incident last night in Washington with the commanders getting screwed at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Not a good look for the NFL officiating this weekend. I agree with you. Coming up next, uh, as we do on Big Red Mondays, opening up the phone lines at 602-260-9870. Your thoughts on the Cardinals, not so much on the game, because who cares? <laughs> The state of the Cardinals. We want your thoughts on the current state of the team. 602-260-9870 is the phone number. Big Red Monday rolls on here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.